0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders around the world. Crypto Talk Radio is back with another episode. And not only do I have a lot of updates and information pieces to share with you today, I have some scary stuff for you. I have some non-crypto related stuff for you. And then I got some other internal updates. Let's go ahead and jump off real quick with the particulars. CryptoTalkradio.net, of course, is the site where you can find all of the different podcast platforms that we're hosted on. we appreciate if you spread the word to anybody you think would see benefit in the coverage that we do and the way that we do it. Just send to cryptotalkradio.net. we are working on the site and adding and changing and updating and migrating a lot of information. It's not a one-time thing. So bookmark it if you need to. My goal is to make sure that I bring you as much information as I can and I'm going to give you some hints about some stuff that's happening with the site here in a second but just one more time cryptotalkradio.net is the site in case you wanted to follow along we also moved the comments form to every page so now you should be able to find that if you have any comments questions suggestions feedback we like those please do we want to hear that we want to make sure that we're on the right track we've already gotten some very valuable feedback from valuable listeners about our approach and we are working steadily to try to accommodate everywhere that we can. Understand, of course, that you know we can't please everybody but we work hard to try to get darn close. Next up, let me go ahead and tell you what's happening with the site and the move that didn't happen and everything else just so we're all in the loop about what's going on. So I didn't get my secondary calls yet that I'm still waiting on from my two uh, third parties. I'm still waiting to get those in. Because I want to make sure that one of these signs a deal. I don't care which at this point. I just need one of them to sign a deal. If I can get one of them to sign a deal, then my plan is to pull the trigger and get the heck out of Nevada. Finally, once I get out of Nevada, everything gets easy. Or as David Ruffin once said, everything's coming up love. So it is what's on my mind probably more than anything else is getting out of Nevada, getting one of these deals signed so I can finally move on to what I really want to do as opposed to waiting. Because right now it's a waiting game. And I realize that these government entities that owe me six figures, they're not going to pay me no matter what. And I'm going to stop waiting on that. I'm going to stop spending time trying to make that happen. And I'm certainly not going to be dedicating time trying to follow up on some of this stuff. So, I am committed to continuing the podcast schedule as I've done, regardless of everything else that's going on. That's not going to be difficult, but it is important. It's important that you understand. While I'm talking about things like the move and all the things changing with CTR, none of this changes my commitment to keeping up with the podcast, plural, all three of them, under CTR and continuing to build the brand. With that, let me get into the brand and some of the Adjustments I'm making for the brand. Of course, this weekend on Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific, I will be hosting my podcast educational deal on LinkedIn events for one hour. I've got a couple of signees already. It's a small class, but I'm excited to do it because it will allow me to pay it forward, share some of my experiences, allow me to pass information on to the next uh, episode, the next category and allow them to grow and develop and hopefully help them avoid the same mistakes that I had to go through. So that's again Saturday, 6 p.m. Pacific on LinkedIn events, you can find on CryptoTalkRadio.net. At the bottom, we have the LinkedIn link, takes you to CTR stage, which is the brand page. That brand is what's hosting that event. The reason I'm sharing this now this event is the one of many that I'm going to be doing on an ongoing basis. So what's going to happen, just so that everybody understands, my plan is CTR, the brand, is going to increasingly adopt kind of an educational piece as not an additional separate podcast, but an additional set of content. This that I'm doing Saturday is going to fit under the CTR brand as kind of, general educational things, having nothing to do with cryptocurrency or anything, just a general educational piece under the CTR brand. There may be a separate, you know, sub brand for it. I haven't decided this yet, but that's going to be made available at some point in the future on the CTR brands home site in each of the podcasts. Then there will be a separate program that will focus on more of these educational pieces specific to the podcast. In crypto, that's Basic Cryptonomics 101. There have already been a number of them. For those that are newer to the show, for example, I did Wallets versus Exchanges. There's like two or three episodes that talk about wallets versus Exchanges and the difference between the two. We did the SHIB episode and the reason why the burns aren't changing the price. We're about to do a surprise release talking about taking profits. We've done a number of these Basic Cryptonomics episodes dedicated to educational things, This is going to be a separate program that'll be available and accessible through cryptotalkradio.net for those that just want to kind of learn of these things or not even in it yet, maybe, or they're just trying to learn a little bit more about how these things work. All that's going to be made available. And one of these in the front is going to have a little bit of video tied to it. Like SHIB has a little bit of video. This one's going to have a little bit of video. I want to encourage anybody who's curious about the educational aspects of this. Once I've got it done, it's gonna take a while, because there's a lot to it, because it's just kind of sparked to me last week. But once I've got it done, I'll let you know, and I encourage you to take a look and browse through it, and if it's of helpful information to you, I would ask that you give me that feedback. We want the feedback, so the feedback helps us. And then sharing to other people, that helps us. Shout out, side shout out as well to uh, Frantic, one of our listeners. Uh, Has opened up and given great feedback and comments and questions on a regular basis, supports the show. We appreciate him just like we appreciate everybody, but we appreciate uh, our supporters. I'll try my best to give you a shout out when and if I'm aware of that. All of that gets invested back into the brand and to the podcast. The goal is to now give you more value to that end. I mentioned with the move that there was going to be a supporter function that was going to be created. Because I didn't do the move, I've kind of put the supporter function on hold. It's still coming, but it's going to take a little bit longer for me to get it to do what I want it to do the way I want it to do it. Because as I've said before, you deserve the top quality. So I'm my own critic. I don't want to give you something and have it turn out not to be what I expect it to be for you. It's got to be value add. It's got to be worth the price of admission. Once I have it done, I will announce it on the show, announce it on the site But suffice it to say, it is still coming, which means a move is still coming. I just have to figure out the whens and the whats and the whys. At the worst case, I have a plan B, plan C, plan D about what to do. I haven't gone that route yet because I want to make sure I can exclude all other avenues before I go that route. So keep an ear out for when I announce the, the supporter area that's available for those who listen to crypto talk radio and you listen to casual talk radio, which is gentlemen's world gentlemen's world has a supporter function. It's baked into the show notes. There's a link, you hit the link and you can sign up as a supporter. So if you appreciate the show or you appreciate the brand, you can sign up as a supporter there. That one doesn't yet give you anything. It's just an appreciation link like our tip links on crypto in the future. The supporter function will have the value add features that I referred to in a past episode, but it's being built. I didn't want to, I kind of work agile for those that understand it methodology. All of this is kind of being worked in agile, meaning I'm constantly releasing things while I'm still building other things in the back end. That's why you see like the site is constantly being built out. Things are being added. Things are being changed. Things are being improved, but you're never I'm never taking stuff down. There's no reason to when I can just build it forward. Mind you though, I have to be careful with the other stuff that I'm doing like these calls I'm waiting on to get the calls not to disrupt the time I spend giving the value to you guys, which is why I want the calls to just get done so I can stop having to think about them. Then I can adjust my schedule and then not worry about it at all because it'll just be uh, another task uh, in the evening. So that's what I got for the internal news. We are working on a lot to improve the sites, all of our sites, the brand. I assure you that the site that you see is not the final site, but I had to get a site in place because as I present the brand and I improve the messaging, it was critical that I add some more credibility to what we're doing now that it's an actual brand. What you see today, I guarantee you is going to be changing over the next few months, but to position for the April, and I still got obviously time, For the move in April, I needed to do a little bit of tap dancing. Now that I got all that done, now I'm ready to take that next step, wrap it all up. I will still improve everything under the hood. So I'll never be done, I guess is what I'm saying. Let's go ahead and get into some external news. That's all I got for the internal. Let's go ahead and get into the external news bits. This next bit probably does not affect you if you're not in the United States. However, if you are in the United States, it's something you should be aware of if you're not of already. The FDIC, the uh, in, this is the agency that insures bank accounts is what they're supposed to be doing. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. So if something happens to the bank, they shut down. They're the ones that make sure you get your money back or that's what they're supposed to be doing. The FDIC and all of the different entities underneath the FDIC umbrella have all of everybody's been asked to kind of come together and find out, collect up all the data you got around crypto activities. And they said generically crypto activities or crypto related activities. And they gave it under the auspice of, quote, safety and soundness risks. So they're talking about stability and, you know, fiduciary as well as financial stability concerns. And part of the problem, I want to clarify what they're talking about here. They're not talking about stable coins. There's a misconception that a stable coin is a cryptocurrency, it's not. It fits in cryptography, in how it's protected and how it's secured, And the, but a stable coin isn't a cryptocurrency in definition, it's not, because it's pegged to a fiat. In a sense, a stable coin is a sort of security, it's a kind of security, This isn't referring to the stable coins. This is referring to everything else that's not stable coin. And I would argue not Bitcoin. Anything else, even Ethereum, and I know some people would disagree with that. Even Ethereum is fits into this. Now, this is broad and I'm sorry, I'm going to take a moment to pat myself on the back and say "neener, neener, neener" to the naysayers out there. So if you're not a naysayer, this is not for you. You've heard if you've listened to me for a period of time, I told you uh, this guy Sean, somebody, something odd on one of the sites I covered that he said, no, this Biden executive order, this is great. And this is what we need. And this is going to set us on the path. And I said, no, it's the first step for them cracking down and creating a ban and locking stuff down and turning crypto into the stock market. That's what it is. This executive order enables them to do that. That's what I said it was going to be. The FDIC basically said, sent out, said, you know, in their letter they sent out, you need to notify FDIC when you're doing any crypto related activities. Anything you're doing right now, anything you plan to do, and then we'll give you some guidance later about what to do about it. And apparently they've given warnings quote, rapid introduction of digital asset products into the financial system poses systemic risks and they wanted to quote provide robust guidance to the banking industry on how to manage the risk posed by crypto in other words they don't want banks to go rogue and for example create their own cryptocurrency or accept cryptocurrency or transact cryptocurrency every single bank is in some way involved in crypto every single one of them now, they might not be large scale, but every single one is involved in cryptocurrency to some degree. I had a chat with Bleaves when he was on the show, and he was talking about the fact that he envisioned a world where the banks would basically have their own individual cryptos. So where it's an exchange within banks to trade crypto A for crypto B instead of the current system that we have using blockchain. This guidance basically says you need to tell us if you're going to do that and if you're doing that right now we need to know about it and what i suspect will happen is if there are plans to do that they're going to back down the plans because they don't want that smoke <laughs> that's my theory there's nothing proven all that's proven is the FDIC asking for this information from banks which is it's unprecedented in scale but it's not unexpected because as i told you the moment the, pre- the current president got involved tossing out executive orders. And the moment you got Janet Yellen and other people inconsistently talking about lockdowns of cryptos and all this garbage, almost cussed, I knew that something like this would happen where they would start broad reaching. And it's also why I said, if you're gonna do the cryptocurrency, make sure it's in your wallet and they're gonna go after the exchanges, which they had already started doing with some regulatory guidance there. And they'd have to go after banks because the banks are gonna be involved from the purchase, right, the buy-in. So for those that are trying to envision the impact, your bank is still involved if you're sending money electronically to add to your Coinbase or your Robinhood or whatever exchange. The bank's involved because you're swiping your card. When they say bank, they're including your credit card companies. So they're involved. They know, okay, that's Coinbase. That's a crypto company. Okay, that's Robinhood. That's a crypto company. Okay, that's Binance. That's a crypto company. They know this. So you can't hide from it. You can't duck it people that embraced debit cards and credit cards and they don't like cash and they think cash is old and we don't like this, you're getting what you asked for because the more that they turned it into this, quote, conveniency, this is what you asked for. You asked for this kind of lockdown where they can see exactly what you're doing and in whatever case they choose, block you from doing what you want to do arbitrarily because they think it's a risk. I said it was going to happen, and I think it's time for certain people to give my credit because I told you that the Biden executive order would open the door for things like this. We have to see where it's going to go, but it's, it's still going to be a problem in the future at some point. If you didn't hear, Elon Musk, of course, buys a large stake in Twitter, 9%, larger than even Jack Dorsey, who used to be the guy in charge, and he stepped down to just be a minority shareholder. Elon Musk holds more shares than even Jack Dorsey. And Elon Elon has been tweeting rather different things to try to show he wants to infect change in Twitter and fix it from the disaster that it's become. If you're not on social media, kudos to you. I have to be for the brand. And Twitter is garbage. It's even worse garbage than Years ago, when I was on it before all the censorship and the phony banners on the and banning the president, it's worse now than it ever was. Elon Musk thinks that his alignment with Twitter can help spike Doge to go to a dollar. If you remember, Elon Musk has been a strong advocate of Dogecoin. He believes Dogecoin is the one coin that has the strongest potential to be the next quote unquote, the next Ethereum in terms of being used and the currency is the next bitcoin in terms of being spent so all of his stuff is lofty there's a lot of fundamental issues with what he's doing and fundamental issues with dogecoin itself which is the reason why dogecoin has struggled to get back to its all-time high there's just so much going on with it there's not going to be too much happening under the hood with it in the short term in other words translated he's just talking I call it out because if he does make changes in Twitter, it's going to spike the price of both Dogecoin and Twitter, and any price spike for Dogecoin could incite some FOMO buys that help improve or increase the price uh, going forward across the board to where it could get to that point just because of FOMO. I'm not saying that it would sustain. I don't think it would, I'm because Doge doesn't do anything. I'm saying that there's a possibility that they might be able to pull this off, at least as a FOMO buy situation. Citibank, which is it's this is international. Citibank, known international, they're getting into crypto investing. I think Citibank has had major issues since I last banked with them, which was like two thousand and four, two thousand three. They've had major issues. I think they're jumping on the bandwagon, just like all these other companies are doing, like with Metaverse, and they're crackdown with the FDIC. I think it's going to cause issues for them. I believe that they are trying to get more money out of people. Like They're not going to really be investing themselves. They're really trying to help other people invest in it. That's fine, but I think they're... I don't want to say they're signing their own death warrants. That's not true. City may not going anywhere. I just think it's a me too. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. So if you're in Citibank you use Citibank you may be hearing about them offering investment products or and services around uh, cryptocurrency similar to the Morgan Stanley's of the world if that's of interest to you it may be something that you are look into. just have a single point I don't know that I would trust my bank to give me crypto investment advice to be perfectly honest with you especially because we see the FDIC could just dig right into people's business and do whatever Meta Formerly known as Facebook, or still kind of somewhat known as Facebook, but Meta is apparently back on the track of trying to create its own cryptocurrency. And you're probably shaking your head, and rightfully so, because they tried this before, and they backed off because they couldn't get the regs to work. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get it to work. They're trying it again. This is for them in preparation for using it as the currency in their Metaverse that they keep talking about that I think is garbage. I suspect this is simply them trying to get ahead of the crapping of the Facebook and Instagram usage and stock. I suspect it's going to be canceled. I think they're going to fail. I think that what we know of as Facebook, now Meta, is grasping at straws. I think that they've waited too long. I also believe firmly because Facebook was right there banning the president and putting phony banners and all this garbage to the point their own independent firm slapped them down for what they did and then they still refused to reverse that ban on the president, this Zuckerberg idiot. I believe that what they're seeing now is a symptom of that crack. Just like with Twitter. I believe anybody who went to the extreme of banning the president of the United States I think is suffering now. They're suffering because they realize 2021 with the new president we got was nothing but pain for everybody. And large part of that was because of these platforms who ultimately, let's call it what it is, conspired to mute the president of the United States. As a result, it caused people not to get the truth about certain situations and certain other situations misrepresented. There's no other explanation because remember, Twitter was at its peak in 2020 Facebook was peaking in 2019 certainly and then all of a sudden you get this guy in office and now both platforms are struggling to the point Elon Musk is able to purchase nine percent of it you have to do correlation there's no other reason for these two to be struggling the way they are except the one thing they have in common which is them banning the president of the United States like it doesn't even matter who's sitting in the chair. Banning the president of the United States, putting phony banners, ultimately misrepresenting COVID vaccines, et cetera, and pushing a narrative to where you're basically agents of the government pushing something. Russell Russell Brand is he kind of he was one that at one point sat on this side of the aisle, and ever since he's been saying no, this is there's something here, something sketchy with the way they're acting. It's obvious, and I think people are seeing. These two orgs, amongst others, Instagram too, they're pushing this narrative and they lied to us. And now we're suffering under this guy from the gas prices to the illegal immigration to stuff forced in your arm, people losing their jobs. This is all him. And then you got this minority group of voices who are pushing for canceling and censorship. And yeah, you should lose your job because I don't want to be sick near you. Like caste-based system. These two and three Orgs promoted that. They celebrated it. They encouraged it by what they were doing. And so now you you see like Twitter where the one guy pushing Dogecoin is able to buy 9% of it. You see with this meta, they tried to do a name change that doesn't mean anything. And now they're just tap dancing. They're going to talk about NFTs. They're going to create a new token and do all this other garbage to try to stay relevant when the truth is people, less and less people are using these things. Less and less people are using Instagram. It's mostly women kind of, in a sense, pimping themselves. And then less and less people are using Facebook. I just dealt with this the other day. I have a brand account on Facebook just for the brand so that I could message and promote where needed. Did an ad campaign, small, Got no views, nothing. There's no anything. Join the podcast groups, no views, no activity, nothing. A bunch of spam. The moderators left and it's it's a ghost. It's a graveyard. So my point is, it. I think this is karma on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. also I'll even throw link, LinkedIn in there. I think it's karma because a lot of these platforms jumped on the bandwagon of the certain mainstream outlets who had a narrative And they had a mission, and that mission was to essentially force the current guy into office when he was not competent to be in it. Like, it's not even about who did or didn't win. The guy we ended up with is not competent, not fit, not suitable. We all know this now. Everybody that saw the signs back during the Obama administration knew this, but these organizations pushed a narrative that wasn't true. And so then they saddled it with us, and I think they're paying the price. I don't want to soapbox it, but I want to make sure you understand there's no other logical reason for Facebook to be basically desperate dabbling in all this stuff for Twitter to get bought out by Elon bought, not bought out, but 9% by Elon Musk. That's crazy. It's unthinkable. You know, when Jack was still in charge, you'd have never thought Elon could purchase that much in Twitter. And there's only one logical explanation. It is, people are disenchanted and I think it's karma. And I'm glad to see it. So their crypto that they come out with, and the reason that I summarized that for you, if they pull out the crypto this time, which I don't think they will, but if they do, it's going to be a pump and dump. Not because they're intentionally pumping and dumping it, but because nobody's going to believe in it. It's not going to thrive, I don't think, because of loss of reputation, because of what happened that's causing them to fail as a platform. If you can't succeed as a platform, how can you succeed with a cryptocurrency? If you want if it does come out and you want to invest in it, that's up to you. I don't believe it's going to be anything at all. That's my personal opinion. UFC is planning to pay fighter bonuses in cryptocurrency. There's actually a crypto being uh, co-sponsored by somebody I'm aware of to help pay Fighters, this is different so for those that don't know the UFC's model the UFC has a model that says as you do certain things and perform certain things in the fight you get a bonus so like knockouts or a fight of the year there's all these bonuses that you get and they've been criticized in the past for low pay and most notably Paige Vinzant came out and said you know I made more money with my OnlyFans page than I ever did as a UFC fighter which is weird but Page has gotten some, she's gotten some bonuses for some performances before. And even with that, she still hasn't got this one. This one, apparently it's a deal with crypto.com and it's to support getting the bonuses paid out in Bitcoin. Now the, the up and down of this is that being paid in Bitcoin means it has a strong upside because we suspect that Bitcoin is going to grow over time. The downside is that Bitcoin is somewhat volatile And has been because of what the president keeps saying when he comes up and talks, or Janet Yellen talks, and then they tank the price of the thing because they're manipulating it. And then the FDIC announcement and them trying to crack down crypto. We suspect Bitcoin should break away, but you're still having this smoke that's influencing the price. So it could be that you award somebody, say, 30,000 in Bitcoin. Let's say it crashes down to 10,000. Unlikely, but I'm saying. 10,000, you basically screwed that person out of $20,000 of value, whereas if you gave it to him in fiat, it's inflation would affect it, but it's still 20,000. So I don't, I think it's a, I think it's just like with Meta. I think what they're trying to do is stay relevant. I think they're trying to keep their name out there and they figured, okay, let's just pay with Bitcoin and see, you know, and I think they're just trying to stay relevant. I don't believe, I'm sure they'll do it. I don't think it's gonna move the needle The one thing to keep in mind, though, is in order for them to do it, they would have to actually purchase the cryptocurrency and have it as a store of value. So this may cause a spike, doubtful, because they don't pay a lot of bonuses, but it's something to at least keep an eye on from the Bitcoin uh, territories. Robinhood. If you heard me for any long time, you know I don't think highly of Robinhood at all. Robinhood apparently is going to be setting up integrations with the Bitcoin Lightning Network. It's not important for me to cover the details about the Lightning Network at this point. And by and large, I would argue Robinhood is one of the worst to deal with cryptocurrency because they don't support a lot of the cryptos. You can't do Ethereum tokens, so you can't do the tokens that have the most traffic. You can't do uh, or receive airdrops. You can't do NFTs. Like, it's not... i I said it before i don't think i question anybody who bothers with robin hood regardless there are people bothering robin hood the lightning this transition the suspicion is that robin hood may be opening up to say you know we're going to embrace more it's just a work in progress so far they've only wanted to deal with non let's say non-contract tokens So Bitcoin is a, it doesn't have a quote contract. It's not a smart contract type. It's a coin. It's a, it's its own deal. Ethereum doesn't have a smart contract either. It's a coin, but the Ethereum is part of a different network. I believe Robinhood is just trying to stay safe. The upside of this on what they're trying to do is they're trying to also broaden the support as far as locations for those that don't know. Robinhood does not support customers in New York, uh, Hawaii, and Nevada, with no logical reason why, because everybody else does. The thought is that if they embrace more cryptocurrencies, they might lighten up on some of their restrictions and then increase how many people can trade cryptocurrency to the platform. That would make all the SHIB holders, holdouts, I should say, much happier. At least that's the theory, that's the working theory. I don't think much of it. I question why people bother with Robinhood for cryptocurrency. I think it's fine for stock trading. It's a waste of time for cryptocurrency. That's my opinion. And I stick with it and I stick to it. Because I don't know that there's ever going to be. I don't think they're ever going to move the needle. When you have so many other exchanges that have been killing it for years at this point. Like Robinhood feels irrelevant. But there's still this subset that just believes in them. And I can't understand it. For the life of me, I I truly cannot. That's all I got for the external that I think is worth the time. Now I'm gonna go ahead and get into my underdog token. And I want to stress a couple things. When I say underdog token on this one, it's not really an underdog token, but it is something I covered, and I want to cover it here uh, because I was requested to cover this one and it went to the YouTube channel, and I wanted to share it here because. Some listening to the show may be interested in this one. So I wanted to go ahead and add it here. I'm going to add it to the episode. And if you choose to take a look at it, please do. There's a couple of comments I'm going to follow up on after the audio. So stay tuned. But let's go ahead and get this in the audio. We got a request from a listener to cover a project that was brought to their attention. One I was not aware of. And I decided... We're a podcast for the people. That's what we do. And I appreciate the request. I always want to try to do the best I can to cover projects that people are not sure about and may not have been brought to my attention. This is via YouTube. The person's name's Pablo. And he asked to check out the Baked Beans Project. I'd never heard of such a thing. And so I'm going to assume I've got the right project. And this goes to one of my issues, but we'll get to that in a later. CryptoBakeHouse.com points me to what's referred to as the Baked Beans Project. So the Binance Smart Chain, looks like it launched at the end of March, says, quote, We are Baked Beans, a BNB, Binance, the token, miner, and a BSC, Binance Smart Chain, bean, to- bean chart, BCT. We are the bakehouse, the place to earn passive income in the DeFi space. Our desire is to be the leading BNB miner platform, and with this idea, we have launched BCT with a transaction tax that will be strategically and 100% transparently deposited into the baked beans miner for optimal growth of the smart contract mining pool. So the problem that it is trying to solve is around passive rewards around BNB, but it talks about mining, which was slightly intriguing. So I read a little bit deeper. It has taxes. Nobody likes them, but it has taxes. 4% goes to marketing. 3% goes to liquidity. 5% goes to the baked beans miner, in addition to manual buybacks and burns from the marketing wallet for special events. There are liquidity tokens, 38%. There's a treasury, 13%. Bean chart, 10%. Marketing, excuse me, marketing wallet, 10%. Vested team tokens. So this is for the devs and people on the team and the vesting of release. 15%, 4% 15%, 4% private sale, 20% staking pools. And as I looked at this, first of all, let me just call to attention a couple of things. And if Pablo's listening, I hope he is, because he'll go to YouTube. The number one thing that stands out to me is it's a unique approach. I got no problem with the uniqueness of the approach. It's different. It's, it stands out in a crowd. I don't know that baked beans project is something that's going to move the needle in terms of the mainstream outside the crypto bubble investors as a standout way to market what they're doing. Like if I look at if I think of baked beans in the old days, you're talking about a can, uh, usually a steel can. It's got beans in it and you're sitting it over a fire. Okay, I got you. But nobody's been doing that for years. I'm not sure that I would have picked baked beans. I understand why they did. I'm not sure I would have picked it. And then their roadmap has a cartoon version of what I assume must be Mr. Bean. And of course, that takes a demographic that would understand what I just said because your younger kids don't know what the heck this guy is. Your younger kids probably aren't watching Mr. Bean. So I I don't know they're going to make the connection. And even I, I see it, but I'm not sure that that, personally makes sense. And I'm talking mainstream people. I'm not talking in the crypto bubble. I'm talking mainstream people. So I, again, I understand what they're trying to do. I just don't know that it it has the appeal that they think that it does. If I were them and I were going to go this route, I don't know that I would have used any sort of, you know, like Mr. Bean or any of that kind of stuff. I'm not sure I would have done that. I would have just used the generic image of the pot of Boston baked beans that comes from the candy. If I'm honest, because everybody knows that everybody knows that candy, like it's, it's a main, it's been a mainstay for like nearly a century. Like everybody knows that candy. That's what I would have done myself. It's like, nobody knows what the heck. Anyhow, so that's a, that's a pet peeve of mine. I'm saying that I'm always a fan of making sure you appeal to the mainstream because that's where you're going to get the money. That's why I'm so fixated on it. I want to make sure people understand it, in my project that this is who it, what it is. And if you have depictions or images that people don't connect to based on your target demographic, which to me doesn't look like the younger kids, I don't think it resonates. But the other thing that stands out is inconsistency of image. So let's say that you go with Mr. Bean. That's cool. This looks like it's a hand-drawn Mr. Bean. Whoever did it is a pretty good artist, if it's true. Might have been for some cartoon. I'm not sure. If it's on cartoon, I'd yank it immediately because you don't want to get sued. But let's say it's hand-drawn. Then you got the team, which I have an issue with because it doesn't show real faces and real names. I think it needs to show real faces and real names, not these generic names and then a link to Telescam. I have a big problem with that. I understand why they're doing it. I don't support it. I want a face of the real person and a name and ideally LinkedIn links. I know who you are and where you're coming from, especially because the countries that they've got represented here should be safe for them to show their face. You got the UK, you got uh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, you got Brazil, you got Italy. I don't see why you can't, why you can't show yourself. All these are openly free countries for the most part. So I want a face. I want a name what I see is not acceptable, but the artwork they've got on these people is inconsistent. Like there's no consistency in the artwork. So now later down with some of the other team members who are not linked at all, you've got what looks like a different cartoon of Mr. Bean. It's a totally different thing. Some depiction of a McDonald's something or other. I don't know what that's all about. Then you're back to Mr. Bean. Then you're on some total different something. Then you're on some, ape nft like there's no consistency in the design like they need a web designer stat who can understand how to build a website to actually appeal to people the colors are a nightmare and before i go any further the reason this all matters is because it all goes to mainstream appeal you want to make sure that it catches people's eye correctly this i don't think does the The colors are an absolute nightmare. The imagery is an absolute nightmare. It just does not scream credible. It screams like a, like it's not even that a kid could do it. I'm sure a kid could do it. It's not that. It just, it does not, it does not scream mainstream. It screams crypto bubble that they're making assumptions about the appeal. So I looked a little bit deeper. They call there's a light paper, not a white paper. That's fine. I took a look at it and I think it's actually very good which is ironic given the catastrophe that is the white, the website, but it also has the inconsistency of imagery. There's no consistent flow to it at all. It starts with a very tacky colored cover sheet that makes no sense. And here they're using the, you know, the pot concept that's nowhere on the website. And I'm not sure where this image, why they have it here in the white paper and on the website, then they go to a very technical page on number two, then they go into a generic page with what looks like NFTs on page three. Then they're back to tacky colors on page four. Like the, There's no consistency in the white paper, you know, the aesthetics of the white paper, but the imagery, or excuse me, the information is actually very good. I found one issue. It looks like they haven't touched this since they went live in late March because the contract address is still a generic XOXOXO, XO, XO. And, While that's not a major concern because the contract address is on the site. One thing I've always said is that you should be keeping your white paper constantly up to date. It should be your go-to for everything you're doing because you might've made changes. Now I looked at it. Doesn't look like they made any changes. Everything looks structurally the same, but it just seems like they at some point never went back to revisit it. And I think that's a problem. I think they should. So I have a concern with the team section because they're not exposing who they really are. The light paper doesn't look like it's been up to date and it needs to be up to date. They have an FAQ, which is a separate document. I like this. I like that it's a published document so they can't make changes that we can't call them out. But the problem, I'll say concern, not problem. The concern is that if somebody wanted to go the FAQ, they're going to be searching for it. And if you trap it in a PDF, you can't easily search for it. This should be an FAQ on the site. You can have the PDF, but I think the FAQ needs to be on the site so we can find this information. I also think that these questions should have been baked into the white paper. Things like contract being immutable, uh, minimum deposits, anti-whales. This is stuff I think should have been in the white paper, in my opinion. It's good information. I'm not criticizing the information. I'm saying that I'm not sure having it as a separate PDF made sense. Like, everything's a PDF. You don't do everything as a PDF, just the stuff that makes sense as a PDF. The FAQ, I don't know that it makes sense as a PDF. Then they have a disclaimer that links to another PDF, but it's just the last page of the light paper. There's no reason to have that. It's a waste of time. I. It's not a problem. It's just a waste of time. It's a waste of your time to do that. I don't know why you would do that. They have an audit. Looks like it's done by a firm called Ethos Audit. I've never heard of ethos audit myself. And I looked a little bit deeper into the audit just to understand the kinds of things that they might've called to attention. They did a decent level of explanation about the kinds of things they look for. They're really around the code and execution performance more so than the, you know, the functionals that I like to see. The only thing I don't like about this audit, they do a good job summarizing things, but the only thing I don't like really about this audit is the one thing they called out that would have been any kind of higher severity was the usual centralization privilege of the owner. And I ran the contract through marketmove.ai and it agreed. The main issue around it is that the owner can basically do everything. So there's addresses in the code that they can change at will anytime. And maybe that's so they can administer it. Like if they need to change the minor address later, that gives them the ability to do it. I think a better way to handle that would be for them to run their or administer their contract through, um, ever own, which is part of the Everrise network. And what it does is it locks the contract temporarily. And then the community can vote to unlock it when the, the dev or the admin needs to make select changes that they can't just go in and do it whenever they need to. They need to talk to the community, say, this is what we want to do. We want to take a vote. Are you okay with us unlocking it to make this change for this reason? I think they should consider that. I would not renounce ownership. I would say, no, consider ever own, put the contract there and then build a community around it. Because from what I can tell, this goes to my next point. From what I can tell, they did engage very well with community. Their Reddit site's very well engaged. They're communicating through all forms. They're not forcing people through telescam. They've got pretty much every single social media you can think of, minus LinkedIn, which bothers me a little bit. But it looks like they're engaged through their various forms. And so to me, I would address that concern of the audit and market move by going on Ever Own so that the contract can be safely locked through the ever own ecosystem, but then unlock to let them do what they need to do, you know, with the wallet administration, if that's what they need to do. So I guess in summary, what I'm saying is I don't see anything that's of major concern other than the contract and them, the owner and the ability to do things. And it's too new to really understand higher levels of risk beyond that. It's price has been going down ever steadily. I don't know what that's a symptom of, I don't see anything in terms of the like holders. There's not, the holders don't have a lot. They don't have a lot of whales. Um, There's not a lot of money in the project at this point. Uh, It's got a 10 billion circulating, or excuse me, 10 billion total, total supply of which almost all of it's circulating, but no one wallet holds more than like 4% of supply. So it's not like there's any whales or many whales liquidity looks good. Don't see anything wrong with liquidity pools. Um, The Taxes are a concern, but they're not crazy high. They're lower than most other projects. It just seems like the, you know, the price is going down. And of course we're, we're kind of hitting some bear activities, but I'm seeing a lot of sell activities on this one, especially around the, well, today (laughs) I'm seeing a lot of uh, sell activities going on and I don't know what that's a symptom of, so I can't say for sure, but I don't see anything from what I can tell fundamentally wrong with it per se. Perhaps it's one where it goes back to what I said earlier. People have a hard time connecting baked beans to what it's doing. It reminds me of the whole pancake swap with the cake token and the syrup liquidity pools and the, you know, all this garbage. And it's like, why can't we just keep it simple? (laughs) And maybe that's what it is that just people aren't connecting the dots. Other than that, I don't see anything necessarily wrong. They're doing a passably good job with social media. I think the light paper's not, it's not crap. Certainly not crap. It's a decent white paper, just aesthetics. Like that's the number one thing that stands out with me is aesthetics. The aesthetics are like way off. The site hurts my eyes. The colors are horrible. The white paper's colors are inconsistent. Uh, themes are inconsistent. There's no consistency in anything and that drives me insane. And as far as the people I want to see photos, ideally a LinkedIn link. I want to see who you are, put yourself out there. And, and I like the information they've got. I just think that they really need to hire somebody who can (laughs) talk to them about, um, web design marketing and come up with something. Cause like even the logo, the logo doesn't correlate to anything about baked beans, baked beans aren't even halfway mentioned on the site. That's and I think it sounds like they started with one concept and then they changed to something else. Like if you said the bake house and just left it at that, and it's a baked token, that might be a little bit better, but I don't know. Anyhow, that's Baked Beans Project, CryptoBakehouse.com. Again, I don't see anything fundamentally wrong data-wise, just the white paper needs to be updated. And they, in my opinion, desperately need somebody to help them with. Aesthetics and web design and web development and UX user experience and I'd like to see photos and names real names and LinkedIn ideally for the team. Other than that, it's seems like a decent something for those that are interested in BNB rewards. So again, that's the baked beans project and the afterbirth as they say that I want to share about this project was brought to my attention by the original person who requested that I look at this. And he mentioned that there were some a couple other things he was curious about regarding the contract. And I didn't go deep because as a rule, if market move does not flag anything, if I don't see that there's any risk or any concern outside of what I covered, I don't go deeper into it. But just for those that are curious, what happens is in this tool, It looks to me like they may have copied somebody else's code and then didn't really repurpose it correctly, but it's no different than any other staking really. So they take and you put, you stake something in there and then they do compounding and it's all the common techniques and tools that they're doing to give you the returns and the value. And it's all based on volume. If it doesn't get the volume, you're not able to get as much as you might expect or as much as they might promise. But there's this whole concept of like in in the code, this whole concept of like eggs and and, uh, incubations and the egg hatches and you get this. And that's why I knew from what I can tell, they had to have copied this code from somewhere else, repurposed it for this baked beans project, didn't bother renaming their functions or their variables because there's no connection between beans and eggs that I can see in the project. I didn't see it's a bad project and I didn't see scam and I didn't see anything that was overly risky other than the ownership not being renounced or at least controlled. So the one of the listeners went to the project team, presumably Telescam, which I don't go to, and asked them about the fact that the contract was not renounced in ownership and they told this person, well, it's immutable and so we can't really do anything. It's basically the same thing. And that may have gone over people's Heads, and I want to kind of clarify because I don't think I don't. First of all, I don't think they're lying. I think that they're they're too in the code, and they're not understanding that if how the code and the contracts have to work in blockchain. This is my opinion on it. So when we say immutable is a programming term, when we say something is immutable we are essentially trying to say that it cannot be changed or where it's something that the values cannot be changed. So picture it this way, I'll put it in an analogy form. If I were in my kitchen, I go to the fridge, the fridge, the contents can be changed. You can go in, you can re- withdraw things out of it, you can put things in it, you can move things around. That's changeable, We can. it's mutable, we can change the innards of a thing because it's built to allow us to do this. If I have a safe that I don't have the combination to, and I know stuff's in it, I can't affect the stuff that's in it because there is a safe that's purposely locked to prevent me from being able to change anything on this. So if it's a safe, that's a locked safe. You cannot make any changes to it. The problem, and I think what they're not understanding, is that generally speaking, when you have code of some kind, the immutability immutability goes to the actual objects that we're dealing with in the code, not the code itself. Here's an example. One of the things that MarketMove flagged was the fact that you could change addresses. When you have a value that is a string, which is basically just text, inside of a variable, which is just a placeholder. If it's a string, it is changeable. You can change it as somebody who owns the code. If you're the owner, you can make changes to that string, which is what MarketMove said. What I suspect they did is they probably built it in such a way that these variables exist in a different function or a different method that they believe is precluded from allowing changes. So for example, let's say I wrote a function that does a check and says, who's calling this function? Is the function the same as the owner? If not, go ahead and allow this. Or if it is, don't allow it, which would be a form of creating immutability. The problem is you could still change the code at the top level. So it doesn't matter that you write the function as immutable. That's why audits and market move flag it to say no these are risks from a centralization perspective because the owner can do anything to the code the only way to solve that is to completely renounce the c- contract or what i said which i don't like renouncing what i said is no what you should do is not renounce it just give it to ever which will temporarily lock it when you need to make a change of any kind you go to the community get there okay and then it will temporarily unlock through kind of a DAO type function so that it resolves the concerns with the audit, it can resolves the concerns with market move. I think, I, I get why they feel like what they did is sufficient. I think the problem is that they're making assumptions that you still can get around that, writing the code, the actual function to be immutable. You can still get around that if you have control of the code. If I have control of the source code, which the owner does, I can work around whatever that function is by just simply creating another function and republishing the code. You know what I'm saying? Like there's multiple ways to get around that. And so I don't, I don't think they understand, um, that it's if you own it at the high level, you can change it. The functions doesn't negate the fact that you can change it at a high level. So that's the one thing I called out for them. If you were interested in taking a look at it and I encourage you that you do. The spake beans is right now the contracts not renounced. I don't think they should announce it. I think they should go to ever Own. I think their websites garbage. I think the white paper is garbage. I think aesthetics are horrible. I think they need to show their faces and show their names. I think they need to fix it. And I said, if they want to come on the show and talk it out, I would love to talk to them. But as stated, I believe they're assuming that just the way they wrote the code, keeps the function safe that doesn't resolve the issue of the fact that the owner still has rights to change or override that function with a different with an edit to the code at any time they choose which means that you have to always be worried are they gonna change the function like some rogue developer comes uses the owner wallet and changes something to work around that or builds some backdoor to it all of these are still possible and this is around the minor uh, contract so that's my feedback that I want to just add posts because it's not on the YouTube. I didn't see that they were, you know, mean people or any of that. It didn't seem scummy. It's just that's a risk if they don't. And that's why I said just use EverOwn because you get the best of both worlds. You can lock it down to make the audits happy. But then the group, the investor group can vote to say, yeah, go ahead and let them make that change. And Then you make the change and then you're done. Immutability is moot; It doesn't mean anything. Anyhow, that's all I got for you here today on uh, Crypto Talk Radio. For this week, we are wrapped up. I'm hopeful I'll get the calls. I'm not going to get them today because it's too late, but hopefully I'll get them tomorrow because we're getting kind of close to the gun here. But I want to get the calls so I can get the heck out of here. It's hot as all crazy, and I don't like it. I hope that the content today has been beneficial and entertaining and exciting. I have a surprise potentially for you guys coming in a couple of weeks. I'm not going to share the surprise because I'm always one of those where I want to make sure that whatever actually happens before I divulge it. Suffice it to say, I've been given strong assurances by multiple people that this is going to be a thing, but I'm just that paranoid kind of guy. Once I assure that it's going to happen, I'll let you know it's there and here's what's going to happen. And I assure you it's going to, it's going to convince you. I'll tell you this much it's going to convince you when you hear me say, no matter what, I'm straight up unscripted and I keep it straight and anybody who listens when I have these types of things happen, and I'm not gonna tell you what, but anybody who listens, they're gonna be like, nope, he's got it and we want more of it. And you will want more of that and your call to action will be clear. For you guys, for now, Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. Cryptotalkradio.net for everything that we are working on and doing, where you can subscribe to updates if you want. There will be a couple of written updates here soon, so I do encourage you to do so before all that starts. But for now, thank you and take care. I will check in with you guys next Tuesday.